0: Our first slide will be slide 8. I don't know if she had that for you or not. We closed last time with the look at the watchers, if that'll help you keep it up. We do not have Albert with us today because Patsy's not feeling well. So he's gone to take care of her. Uh, and I, uh, I, I really enjoy having Albert in here to go with the back and forth and the extra wisdom. So. Just keep him and Patsy in your prayers, please. All right? Now, let's talk about the archangel. If you look at other uh, religious traditions, they will talk about the archangels. And in fact, um, let me go over here and get my, uh, my phone because that's my Bible in these times after i packed up everything by mistake. Um, when I was a boy, I had people tell me that Michael was the archangel... Of the Old Testament and Gabriel was the old uh, was the archangel of the New Testament I don't know if you've ever heard that or not it's not true there is only one angel in scripture that is known as the archangel you do need to be aware that in extra biblical literature books out there that aren't the Bible you will often run across a bunch of different archangels in the book of Enoch which is a book that the Jews hallowed, but did not consider scripture. I cannot find a time in history where the majority would have considered it scripture, but they did hallow it, and only first Enoch. Second, third, and fourth weren't written by the same guy, and they are pretty rough sledding to get through, frankly. They make Ezekiel and Revelation look easy, Um, and I'm not really sure they're worth the effort, frankly, But but if you've never read the book of Enoch, Uh, You can get modern-day translations of it, and you can even get that online for free. Uh, I've got hard copies of it. I find it a fascinating book. But that has a lot more angelology in it than the Bible actually does. Uh, Michael is a messenger of law and judgment. He's pictured in Scripture as a being in armor. He leads armies of God. We saw that last week in Daniel chapter 10, but he also makes a showing in Daniel chapter 12, uh, and and staying in, in with 12 shall we say go to revelation 12 and you'll see him even at the end verses 7 through 12 war broke out in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, And it goes from there and a warning given to us. If you don't know that, what that's talking about, because we did just break into a story. We do not know when Satan was tossed out of heaven. God had showed so much amazing patience. Uh, We see in Job, he's still wandering in and out, making accusations. Jesus, after he sent out a bunch of people to tell people, you know the good news that salvation had come to us through him uh, when they came back they told him all the wonderful stories that had taken place on their journey and he said and he rejoiced and said I saw Satan thrown out of heaven the, the phraseology the tense of that verb doesn't show up very well in English so he might have been saying I witnessed it or uh, in the past or it happened when you went out it's just, I would, I would just say, it seems to be more of a process than an event. Over time, God continued to lose patience with this. And when Satan pushed too far, too far, do you say, what would that be? Well, there are two candidates for that. Revelation chapter 12 is a story of a woman going to give birth when a dragon lays in wait to kill the baby. That is a metaphorical telling of the story of the birth of Jesus the advent of Christ because the devil knew the plan remember he rejected it so he knew the plan and evidently went after Jesus there or he was the one who moved Herod to kill the innocents a year or two later or this is a compression of a story Jewish people do this they will take a story that uh, has a lot of detail, and they will compress it to make the point they want to make. It is, that's not dishonesty. It's, they're not trying to write um, you know, a, a list with all of the bullet points of everything in order. They're, they're telling a story. Others believe that it wasn't at the birth, but it was at the cross when Satan went too far, when Jesus is dead, uh, when all the evil of Satan results in this, was not turned back or stopped, that's when God said, that's it. The thing is, regardless of when it was, it was before we got here, and you and I are warned in chapter 12, be careful, you who live on earth, because the slanderer has come down. And that's your first sign you're dealing with something about Satan, is that he likes to badmouth God to you, you to God, and you to each other. And if you join in the slander, you're really on team Satan. Uh, We were in our meeting in a prayer room. This week it was acceptable. (laughs) We were allowed to be in a prayer garden. We were having our meeting because we couldn't do the meeting back here. All of this is a construction zone now. So um, as we were there, uh, Daniel is there, uh, this minister from Canada that's been with us. He flies back tomorrow. And uh, we were talking to him about the people coming in. And Gary, he knows Gary very well, Schrader. And I said, we, Gary wasn't there. And Gary's supposed to be there at this part of the meeting. And somebody goes, well, maybe he went to the restroom or had to get a paper. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, and I turned to Daniel and I said, Gary, you're going to learn this about Gary. Gary has a real problem with gossip. And, of course, everybody cracks up because it it's supposed to be humorous. And, and our, our people get the humor. Whenever I read anything that attacks another believer, it just makes me cringe going that's too close to team satan i'm not going to join that just not going to michael the archangel shows up in first uh, thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 12. he also shows up in jude verse 9. there are no chapters in jude but uh, as is uh, as, as up there gabriel is not an archangel he is never called an archangel but if you're going to see an angel I'd recommend Gabriel (laughs) because I've never, I I can't find a time when he gives bad news. He's the good news guy. Now it can be mixed. For example, with Mary, when he says, blessed art thou among women, the blessing was going to mark her for life, was it not? It's going to make her life difficult the rest of her life. Even her own sons did not believe her story about how she got pregnant uh, with Jesus not until after the resurrection, which is kind of a, that's pretty good argument there, that something miraculous is going on. After the resurrection, in fact, James, his brother, became the leader of the church in Jerusalem and prayed so much that his nickname was Camel Knees, because he had calluses from kneeling on the stones. Um, His brother saw something that turned him around. But Gabriel is mercy and promise. So in uh, Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 9, Gabriel shows up with, here's the good news. In Luke chapter 1, good news. But let's talk about, because we we only have uh, another 25 minutes this morning, because we ran a bit long with the visitation. Preacher was perfect on his timing. Okay, a little long. (laughs) I got excited. I like doing that, going back and asking questions. I like asking questions about assertions. It's just fun. And yes, people do that to me as well. I think many of you know this. When I go speak at universities and and working with the law enforcement groups and military groups, I'm normally not teaching scripture. I'm normally working on fear and combat response and this sort of the other. But they'll see in my bio that I'm a believer. And one of the things we always leave at least a couple of hours where... People can write their questions or step up to a mic and just ask. And I just stand there and wait. I don't leave until the last question done. I enjoy that. And yeah, even some of the questions that get a bit snarky, uh, I'm good with that. I'm good with it. You know, bring it on. Um, and I don't snark back usually. <clears throat> Come on, people. If it's a hanging curveball, I'm going to swing. But most of the time I don't. Uh, I I used to be a lot meaner on that one, and and God kind of has humbled me somewhat. In Genesis chapter 28, let's look at unusual appearances of angels just for fun in the remaining time we have here. In Genesis 28, we have angels on a stairway. Um, Genesis 28, are we there? Okay, great, thank you. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord uh, speaking. Now, let's talk about these angels. Later on, Jesus would be talking to Nicodemus. And that's where this story gets its definition because of what happens in that meeting. Let's back it up. When I was a boy, this was a ladder. Was anybody else, was it told a ladder? You were kids, yeah. Well, the, the word, this is the neat thing about, uh, Christians constantly examine their faith and check to see what the word means and did we get this wrong? And where you know, let's dig over here to see if something's true. And the word means a stairway. It just does. We, got, we had the latter thing wrong. So now in our Bibles, it says stairway. Does it make a big difference? No, except it makes me smile because uh, the writer of Genesis wrote about a stairway to heaven long before. You know, these, these, um, a man became a millionaire by writing it. Um, I, and it just makes me smile. But anyway, what are the angels doing? It becomes clear through the Psalms and, and a little bit of Isaiah and Ezekiel Uh, Zechariah maybe as well that angels receive their their brief their plan their their job and they come down to earth to do it and they go back for another or that they are reporting back about the the place of the person that is theirs to monitor if you remember the angels on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah uh, were being sent according to to Jesus uh, they were going there to hear and see whether these things were really so. They were being sent to gather information. Um, Jesus said that the angels of the, of the little ones, the children, are before the Father's throne constantly. And so these reportings going back and forth. But it's the stairway I want to talk about just a bit. We need a bridge. One of the first sermons I preached when I came here four and a half years ago Uh, almost five now come january um was um i know it seems longer than it uh was about the sermons when i was a boy said god is holy god is pure god is righteous and god fair enough yes and all the way over here man is evil stinky dirty sinful nailed me yep you're right and the between us is this massive gulf the only way to get from here to there it's like a rope bridge in a tarzan movie you know what I'm talking about not built to OSHA requirements. Uh, perhaps Friday afternoon when they're trying to get out of there for an early weekend. Um, and if you don't, if you Tarzan, if you didn't see Tarzan movies, they were all incredibly racist and stupid. Period. But that was the only thing that used to be on American TV in the afternoon on Sunday, because when we came over here, oh, there was nothing. It was that or bowling for dollars. I remember that one. Really. That's entertainment, huh? And some people, you know, the kids will say, "What about sports?" No, back in the day, old people, you know what I'm talking about. You got the game of the week. You'd go your entire young adulthood and childhood never seeing your team on television, and so it was. It was just a vast wasteland. So it was. So um, anyway, you always have Tarzan stars would always wrestle some stuffed animal, and then they would do cut to you know something that's. Uh, Marlon Perkins did for, you know, a mutual Omaha, and they just, you know, corrupt that stuff in. It was, it was awful. But one of the things in every Tarzan movie is that our hero has, or in um, Indiana Jones, uh, our hero has said something he should not have said. He's been somewhere he should not have been. He has seen something which he should not have seen. And now the natives are restless and he's on the run. If you remember the very opening of the first um, uh, Indiana Jones movie, it's the same thing, where you, you run through the jungle, and every now and then you stop, because you have to for dramatic effect, and then got to run again, got to gin that up, and then it comes to a great cliff, right, every, every movie, and they'll even get to a point where you have to do this. You just can't even say, oh, there's a cliff over there, I shall move this to No, no, you have to run right up to it, and the bit it has to break away. It's in every movie. It's quite high. Oh, I'm in trouble now. So he runs about and he finds a rope bridge. It's not a good rope bridge. This is not an excellent rope bridge. And so they'll have to put their foot on it first and test it, right? And they're going, no, I'm not sure about this. (laughs) Gotta go. And and, and they start going across and it breaks, right? And I was sitting in Kilmarnock, Scotland, the southwest of Scotland, with my wife, just watching a movie, minding my own business. And there's this wee man beside me who's basically a coat with a hat. That's all I saw. And he grabbed my arm. You don't do that. We're, we're Scots. You don't touch us. He grabbed my, and he's Scots too, but evidently he was on his own. And he grabbed my arm, and he goes, do you think he'll make it? I looked at him. I said, we're five minutes in, and they named the movie after him. <laughs> you know, play with a sticky floor or something. Uh, yeah, it, just, it, was, it was an odd moment that's the bridge that i grew up thinking that was between god and man because you could love jesus with all your heart but oh you chose the wrong church oh you played an instrument there you go oh you let a woman do something those women go out there oh you let a kid come up two kids on the stage um it was like there was going to be at the day of judgment was a rickety bridge with Jesus and the angels on the other side playing a red rover, red rover, St. Patrick right over game. You got to outwit the angels to get in, right? And there's going to be a pop quiz. You know, when you get there, did you, you know, what would you think about this doctrine? How would you, what do you think about elders? Now about the book of Zechariah, then we're all going to panic, aren't we? have read Zechariah? You know, get them up to the front. That's what we were, but God sent a bridge. He sent a stairway. He sent a connection between heaven and earth, the mundane and the spiritual, the the temporary and the permanent. Yeah, a bridge only works if it has two ends. And in John, when Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he said, I saw the angels of heaven ascending and descending on me. Jesus is the connection. I'm not getting to heaven because I can negotiate the, r- the rickety bridge and do the test at the end. This isn't a Monty Python thing about what's your favorite color, you know, all that sort of thing. That's um, this, and now that's in your head the rest of the day. Sorry, sorry. Um, I'm getting to heaven because Jesus has taken me. Remember when Abraham died? What was the phrase that was used for his trip? And the angels carried, well, I'm sorry, I said, when Lazarus died, the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. You don't have to make the trip. You're taken care of. You got it. You're good. Jesus will do it. So I'm saved. And I can say, yeah, I'm dirty, stinky, awful, sinful. Uh, And I get that. And I wish I wasn't, but I am. And I'm trying harder, but I I fall constantly. I get that as well. He knows that. He's not surprised by it. But he, I'm going to heaven because he said so and he's not a liar. It's amazing. I'll go to churches and say, How many people here know if you die tonight, you're going to go to heaven? It's amazing how few hands go up. I think some of it is that native Christian humility of, I think I am, but I won't reveal that at this moment because people will judge me. But I think a lot of it is because we've been taught fear that we might get something wrong. Do you have Jesus right? You're good. You don't need Jesus' hand. Jesus can do it. Jesus is the stairway. The angels are able to do what they do. In fact, those angels that were going to Sodom and Gomorrah, who was with them? Jesus. The scripture says. Well, it had to happen sometime. I'm going to have to do this one anyway. Um, There was a time when an angel appeared to a, a beast. Shall we see? Now, I used to love this passage, but then the new versions came out and and they don't say ass anymore. And they say donkey. And I'm a Scotsman and ever since Shrek, it has killed this story for me. Because I'm trying to tell a serious story and the kids go, another one's going, we're making waffles, you know, and it's it's just awful. Numbers 22, verses 21 through 25. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey. I, People, just read the stories and put the word ass in. It's a lot funnier. It is just, it is. It's a hoot. I'm just saying. I'll move on. Uh, but God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey. See what I mean? Oh, dear. And his two servants were with him. Then the donkey, donkey yeah, saw the angel of the Lord standing in the, in the road with a drawn sword in his head. We've seen this happen before, haven't we? Remember last week? The commander of the army of the Lord, Joshua. Jesus Jesus is the angel of the Lord. If you know, it's the, it's not a. It's the angel of Yahweh. He accepts worship. Uh, he says what he will do. He contremands, um, and we'll look at this here in a couple of weeks, uh, contremands an order from the Father. God made a sentence on Israel for numbering the people of Israel and halfway through, the angel of the Lord stops it. Now, who can do that? Only Jesus can pull that one off. So anyway, uh, he stands here with his sword drawn. Well, when the he was in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw it, the angel of the Lord, uh, it, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead, stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. If you don't really get what's going on here, according to David in Psalm 139, the Lord herds us through life, trying to move us where we're supposed to be. And what was it the angel said, uh, or Jesus rather, said to to, uh, Paul on the road to Damascus? He says, is it getting hard to kick against the goad? In other words, I'm I'm using that little whack, trying to get you that way, move you the, isn't it, aren't you getting tired of this? Don't you think you ought to just respond and do it? Well, he is being herded and Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Um, that would be a startling moment. It would to me. But what gets me is the next verse. Balaam answered the donkey. Let's just sit and think about this for a while. I would have elevated, wouldn't you, donkey? Talking. Oh, I'm, I'm away. I'm off this thing. You know, get out of me, spirit of whatever you are. But he goes, what? and he goes. You've made a fool of me. Yeah, I'm not sure the donkey's the one that did that. If a if only I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you right now. Irony alert. There is a sword, but he didn't have it. The donkey said to Balaam, "Am I? I love this. Hey, we're buddies. <laughs> we go back. Don't you remember all the good times? Yeah, am I not your own donkey, which you've always read to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you?" And Balaam's going, "No. He's not in the habit of talking to you either, Balaam." You're going to need to open your eyes to what's going on here. Then the Lord opens Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. <laughs> angel of the Lord asking, Why are you beating the donkey these three times? You know, I'm the one. I came to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from these three times. If it had not been turned away, I would have certainly killed you by now, but I would have spared it. <laughs> I like the donkey. <laughs> This is a fun story. It really is. Oh, I don't know why we don't have more fun. I know why. Because we're afraid that if we're not supposed to smile, this is very serious business here. No, it isn't. God can have fun. All right, I'll go there. We serve a God that lifted up the back end of a baboon and painted a rainbow on its butt. you got to love a God like this. And you got to wonder where we got the idea that we had to be so miserable all the time. You know, the parents came up to apologize for the... That bothered me. Did it bother you? Of course not. Why? This is fourth. We're happy. We're going to heaven and we're okay with it. Because Balaam said, I've sinned. I didn't realize you're standing on the road. Now if you're displeased, I'll go back and Then they have the old discussion, and I can't, I wish that it ended with that Balaam put his arm around the donkey, they went out and, you know, had a cup of tea and put aside their differences, but it doesn't, but it just shows you angels are around, now does this Bible, does this mean that donkeys can see angels? No, I I don't think that's what it's trying to say, and I've had people come up to me saying, you know, the dog knows when there's a presence in the house, and I'm going, that's going to be kind of hard to measure scientifically, we know, uh, the, but they will say things such as that. Um, well, we, well known for years. I don't want to freak anybody out. Uh, nursing homes and such have a dog, often, uh, and it's it, it's a therapy dog really for the whole place, and and it does help people in a variety of ways. But in some of them, that dog, if it's just on its own, will go and sit in one person's room, often not that not the one it normally sits in, before that person dies. And some people get very freaked out by this. Oh, they must see the angels alike. Actually, dogs smell disease progression. And they smell the breakdown of tissue. Now, if your dog comes running up and stares at you today, don't freak out. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not what's going on. And some dogs don't get it. They smell it and don't care. You know, this is why we rarely have like a, a Jack Russell as a therapy dog in a nursing home. It's like, you're dying. I don't care what's out there. You know, and if you're dead, can I have your snacks? Um, oh, my goodness. Jack Russell's. It's like they're on their third cup of espresso all the time. Tie a, bolt, tie a string on them. They're a balloon. Um, and Judges 13, we already looked at that. He is a mighty man. a mighty uh, Well, no, we didn't look at that one. Oh, yeah, let's go that way. Um, let's go to Judges because um, that's actually a pretty good story. Judges chapter 13. Did I go there? Yep. All right. Now, the wife, uh, starting in verse 2. Let's just go ahead and read this. We only got a, a few more minutes, so let's just cover what we can. A certain man of Zora named Manoah from the clan of the Danites. I know if you know your Old Testament, Testament history, you know that means he's a Jew. He's part of a small clan. Had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. That was her huge women always got the blame because they, it was believed only the man had the seed and the woman had to cook it. And if he'd done his part and she didn't produce a baby, it was all her fault. It was not until the 1800s that we proved that both were equal. And that, when the big meeting, and I, I promise I'm not making these terms up, between the spermatist and the ovist took place. <laughs> that's, that's a meeting. I'm, I'm, I'm all right not being invited to, frankly. Anyway, anyway, the angel of the lord that be jesus appears to her and says you are barren and childless but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink that you do not eat anything unclean oh that's a little bit ahead of time isn't it hmm uh, you will be come pregnant and have a son whose head's never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. that was a big thing among the uh, the people of that time dedicated to god from the womb he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And here, the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have, and have a son. Now, Manoah, in, um, in verse 8, I love the way. He starts to pray. Um, pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up a boy the boy who's to be born. And so here he comes, he's out in the field, um, she's out in the field rather her husband was not with her. she hurries to tell the husband the, the angel came back, that man. So in verse uh, 11, Manoah gets up, follows his wife when she comes to them uh, when he comes to the man he said, "Are you the man who talked to my wife? I am he said. Uh, remember that was a big day big thing back in the day who you talk to and who you're married to and the like so he has the right. so he says when your words are fulfilled what's the rule that governs and, and so he tells them all here are the rules again it's laid out again um in verse 15 he says we'd like you to stay we're gonna make you um you know some food angel of the lord uh, in fact he says we'd like to prepare a young goat for you angel of the lord says um I'm not going to eat any of your food, but if you do a burnt offering, you can offer it to the Lord. <laughs> makes me wonder if the, if the young goat was hearing, wait, maybe I'm getting off. Oh, burnt offering. Um, so there was another time when, in the fight of the Amalekites uh, with Gideon, where the scripture says he went to prepare a goat for the sacrifice. And I know what that means. It means to kill and clean. But I just see a guy putting his arm around a goat. You know, we've, We've gone a long time. We've had, we've had some good time. <laughs> I mean, and, and getting, but but I'm, I'm sure that's not it. My wife won't let me tell her why I'm laughing when I read scripture anymore. And he goes, what is your name? In verse 17, so that we may honor you when your word comes true. And verse 18 is why we read in this story. Why do you ask my name? It's beyond understanding. The old versions had it a different way. You could not... Handle my name. It'd blow your circuits. Think about that. Mighty man. No, I'm not going to do that. Not going to give you the name. Name will come later in Bethlehem. Now, ladies, we got to do this before I go. I got four minutes. I have to do this one because it's very important. Growing up in all my life, I was told, well, there are no women angels and none of them have wings. You've heard this? right? Oh, yes, there are. Zechariah. See, that's that pop quiz, and you guys better be ready. Zechariah chapter 5, verse 5. Then the angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me, look up and see what's appearing. And I asked, what is it? He said, it's a basket. And he added, this is the iniquity, sin, horror, of the people throughout the land, then the cover of lead was written. Lead. Now that's very interesting. Huh. Science people. Was raised, and there in a basket sat a woman. He said, This is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket. <laughs> pushed the lead cover. I'm sorry, but this is just kind of a funny picture. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and, and oh, put it back in. Um, then I looked up, and there before me were two women with the wind and their wings. hmm They had wings like those of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between heaven and earth. Where are they taking the basket? asked the angel who was speaking to me. He replied to the country of Babylonia to build a house for it. The house there is really more of a pen, a prison. When a house is ready, the basket will be set there in its place. These are angels, they're women, and they got wings. Ta-da! Aren't you glad you came? Right, really? You see, Samson killed a lot of enemies with the jawbone of an ass. And I just want to prove that my life proves he can still use the jawbone of an ass to do some things. So I hope you enjoy the stories. I hope you take them with you. as you, you cherish them. You love them. You share them with your donkey. Um, they appeared, we already brought this up in Luke 16, at the death of a beggar, Lazarus. They appeared in Acts chapter 5 at a jailbreak for Peter to get him out of there, and at the gates of heaven. I'll say this as my closing. In Revelation 21, 9 through 12, you see it up there. The, uh, when my son joined the, the Marine Corps, that was a big day for us because we've always been Royal Marines or the Scottish Black Watch unit, which is an infantry unit. And um, this was new for us to have somebody on the U.S. Marines, you know, on the winning side and, doesn't have to, to fight in a skirt. There was, there was some benefits. It makes parachuting a lot more comfortable, but less terrifying to those below. I'll just move on. The, uh, it, 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 was a, it was a very special time for us. And the Marines took us into the family. If you don't know Marines, they are different. As soon as he signed in, we started getting visits from Marines. Um, al- almost always sergeants, a couple of Lance corporals saying everything okay? Do you need to help you with anything around the house? I mean, it was serious. And in fact, the major, when he swore my son in, looked at us and welcomed us to the Marine Corps. And I'm going, my hand wasn't up, it was hers. You know, were you pointing at me? Um, but it meant, he said, you're now in our family. And the entire time he was serving, we were checked on. And we were helped. And it was an amazing thing. It really, really was. And so we absorbed Marine Corps culture. And right after my son got out of boot camp was a birthday for the Marines. And so he came in as a fresh nothing, you know, private. And if you don't know that, the, the one who's youngest, that would be him. Uh, gets the first piece of cake. And uh, and he is served by the highest ranking one there, which at this one was a colonel. So it's kind of a big deal. But they have a line, they have a Marine Corps hem. And there's a line that if, if the Army Navy, and Navy like ever get to see heaven, they will see that its gates are gar- guarded by the United States Marines. And I'm going, rah, rah, and then I read Revelation 21 and go, oh, it's angels. Okay, fair enough. But uh, Anyway, I, I love the... I want to bring up a story and let you go. When my son was just a, a boy, like 10 or so, we watched The born, the first one. What was The born something? Was it Identity, the first one? Um, and there's a fantastic scene there where the guy is sitting, on, he doesn't know who he is, you know, completely, and he's sitting on a bench and two police come up to hassle him and he completely dismantles him. And he goes... That happened. And I'm going, you know, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> that really would be. Because if he stood up and go, you know, that doesn't go with that. And I, I would change you know Oh no, I'm a designer. You know, but he, he turned out to be a warrior. And then as he runs from the police, he runs into a U.S. embassy. And the police are trying to follow him. And if you've ever been in an embassy, you know how this works. The Marines just stepped in between. Now you can't come in. And my son turned to me, he goes, Is that true? I went, Yes. An embassy belongs, that is sovereign territory of that country. That's America. You know, when our daughter was born, we went to Edinburgh, Scotland, to the U.S. Embassy, and presented her and said, this is an American. And my wife is American. This is an American child. And she was given a passport, um, everything. And we walked right past the, uh, the, um, the Marines because my wife held up her, her blue book. This is an American. The Bible says in Revelation that when the day comes where we enter heaven, the angels will see the mark on us that God has placed and they will step aside. How cool is that? Take that story with you. Happy Thanksgiving.